Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. Welcome to Paid in Puke Season 7, wherein we discuss every episode of Ryan Murphy's American Crime Story miniseries, Impeachment. Starring Sarah Paulson, Beanie Feldstein, and this week, Edie Falco in a major way. I'm Jessica Baxter. I'm Christina Barr. I'm Annie Malone. And this week's episode is number eight, Stand By Your Man, which originally aired October 26, 2021. It was directed by Rachel Morrison and written by Flora Birnbaum. Mr. President, do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Hillary, I need to tell you something. I must take complete responsibility for all my actions. I am prepared to do whatever it takes to put it right. You are chaos. You are mayhem. You lit our life on fire. Fun fact about Flora Birnbaum is that she also wrote an episode of Russian Doll. Oh, I haven't watched that show. show. Oh, it's really good. I probably like it, right? I think so. I think it's a... You like lady. Natasha Leone, right? I do, yeah. And it's kind of like hipster sci-fi. It opens in uh, 1992 with the real Jennifer Flowers press conference oh, okay. that Ken Starr devised to derail the election. Yes, I was Bill Clinton's lover for 12 years. I would have liked to think that after a 12-year relationship, he would have had the guts to say, yes, I had an affair with this woman but it's over, and that's the truth. Followed by the infamous 60 Minutes interview, which is dramatized, in which Hillary references Tammy Wynette. Right. You know, I'm not sitting here as some little woman standing by my man like Tammy Wynette. I'm here because I, I love him, I respect him, I honor what he's been through, what we've been through together, and, you know, if that's not enough for people, then heck, don't vote for him. Titular. Mm-hmm. Shut up. Hot Probs is on. Oh shit, yeah. Going right into Hot Probs? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause I've got a big one this time. Let's go for it. Usually I don't have a big problem with this show. I've okay. loved it. I've loved it a lot. But my main hot prob is that Edie Falco makes Hillary too sympathetic. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting you said, because I mean I don't have any sympathy for Hillary in this episode or kind of general yeah but like what do you mean i did was feeling for her character Mm -hmm. because of vd's performance and I was just like, this is revisionist. Like, I was aware that it was revisionist. I really felt like it was retconning the idea that that's when she decided that their relationship would be a partnership. This is an arrangement, Bill. That is all this is. You understand that? No, it's not true. Bill, I threw my body in front of yours to protect you. I humiliated myself for your benefit, only to find out that you have done whatever the fuck you wanted. Look... I'll do anything to make this up to you. Whatever you want, just please don't leave me. You're the only woman I've ever loved. I need you. 
Don't leave me. But do you really think I can leave you? Are you really that naive? I can't leave you. I don't have a choice. If I leave, I'm the woman who left President Clinton. If I stay, I'm the woman who stayed. I lose either way. Because I, I, I didn't invest in me. I invested in us. And now you've made, you've made me look stupid, and I, I hate you for that. Like it hadn't dawned on her until then that that's what oh, it was. Yeah. She really thought it was a real marriage. And I mean, I believe that she was truly hurt because he was lying to her straight out. And I think they probably did have some honesty before that about the affairs and what have you. Because he's so fucking bad at hiding them. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, the way Edie Falco portrayed it was this was a pivotal moment for her. That's when their real marriage turned into a sham marriage. And I don't buy that in real life. Yeah, I mean, sort of like my hot probs with this episode. It's hard, it's really hard for me to look at it objectively. Like, how would I feel? If I didn't know anything about, if this was just a show I was watching, how would I feel about this character? I don't know. It's too hard to, you know. Yeah, you can't not, watch I, it objectively. I already know how I feel <laughs> about the Clintons, you know, or about any of this. So, yeah. I really don't know. But, like, like my hot probs, like, whatever, it's like... I do feel like it's a little bit like, oh, look how unfair the press has always been to her. Like, they called her calculating and everything. Viewers loved Bill, but the response to you was less favorable. Don't sugarcoat it. You're being called calculating. I'm feeling abrasive, and the stand-by-your-man comment didn't play well in the heartland. Tammy Wynette wants a personal apology. Anything else? You know, any criticism of her is sexism, and it's like, I feel she is calculating, you know? Right. She is. That was a calculated decision. What is better for her, to be Bill Clinton's wife or be Bill Clinton's ex-wife? I feel like that's a calculation that she makes, you know? Absolutely. She was absolutely planning for her eventual campaign Mm -hmm. at that time. Right. Yeah. And she's so ambitious. Bill Clinton, she saw he was going places or mm-hmm. something. And she's hitched her wagon to that guy and was building both of them up. And it's hard to feel sorry for, I mean, this is what your plan was. I mean, like, you knew who this mm-hmm. guy was. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, do you think that guy's going to treat you like an equal partner? <laughs> or, yeah. you know, not going to do everything he can to preserve himself before you? Yeah, and that way, I, I definitely felt like, wow, this is, like, very sympathetic. Like, the scene with her saying, like, you lit our life on fire. You know what you are, Bill? You are chaos. You are mayhem. It's like everywhere you go, everything you do, it just disorients people long enough for you to have your way. You know, for the longest time, I was stupid enough to think that I could control this chaos because we were a team. And I was... I was wrong. I was so wrong. You lit our life on fire. You exposed us to this narcissistic looney tune, to this psychopath, Linda Tripp. You exposed us to Ken Starr, everything that we've worked for. For what? For sex? No, it, it wasn't. We, we didn't. No, please, please. Just because you didn't always finish doesn't mean that you didn't start. There were so many great lines there. At the same yeah, time, it's, it's really like, well written. It's, it's a great. Yeah. But those are all private, you know, moments. All of all of the best moments for the Hillary character are things that we don't know if she said or not. You know, right. like right. behind closed doors things. Mm-hmm. And I understand why Edie Falco needed to go there to 
play that character. If you want to have a sympathetic character and you want to get that Emmy, you got to play a character that's not a calculating political monster. Right. Yeah. Like Hillary really is. <laughs> I can certainly appreciate like that they have a complicated relationship. I think like they have an understanding, they have an arrangement, but I also I don't feel that means that their marriage isn't real. Like I think there's a lot of in between. What's a sham marriage, like a fake marriage that's for whatever reason and like a real true love marriage. There's stuff in between. You know, I mean, I can appreciate that. I still feel like that's a decision that she made and continues to make. I don't feel bad for her about it. I feel like some of this episode is isn't it a bummer for hillary clinton that she's kind of stuck in this shitty marriage yes exactly she can leave she absolutely can leave bill clinton she could have left him then anytime in between then and now she absolutely can leave him if she Mm -hmm. wants to and she makes a choice not to you know i don't feel bad for her about that at all yeah exactly that's what well that's what i meant (laughs) (laughs) you just said it better Before this whole scandal, her public favorability was, like, pretty low. Mm-hmm. I mean, she actually came out of this scandal having a lot of sympathy from people. And, I mean, she became a senator right after it. Yeah, so it actually like, was maybe good for her. It's fucked up as hell, but maybe it was a little bit good for her. Because before that, it was just like, oh, she's this ambitious woman who... Because she was, like, the first... Wasn't she the first first lady with a job? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> people hate, like, the... Republicans hated her right away for that. Like she's talking with the aide after the interview. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? You know what the problem is with most politicians today? No pain threshold. There are moments where you see like the calculating why yeah. necessary person, but it's mm-hmm. so overshadowed. Well, then destroying the credibility of Jennifer Flowers, like that's right. her idea. The mainstream press is running with it. The Post, the Times. It- then call Betsy Wright in Arkansas. She's got a PI on the ground in Little Rock who can leak what he has on Jennifer. We need to destroy her credibility. Right. Yeah. She got all these like private investigators to ruin people's reputations and mm-hmm. Right. She's totally complicit in, in a lot. I think the real story is that she was embarrassed that that all came to light, basically. She's like, well now everyone knows. You know, the vast right-wing conspiracy, right? There's also a vast Clinton conspiracy. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, it takes one to know one. I know about conspiracies. (laughs) But then, like, basically, she felt like she couldn't leave him because that would expose the conspiracy even more. Mm. She's like, I'm not going to stand by my man. But then she does exactly that. And it's a calculated decision. Right. People thought that was condescending that she said that I'm not just standing by my man. Mm -hmm. It is, though. You know, it's like I'm not like other girls who, you know, like you're still staying with your cheating husband. Right. Who are you to point fingers at anybody? You know, I'm staying with my cheating husband, but not like a dumb Southern chick. Why shouldn't people take issue with that? Yeah. It's a really condescending thing to say. It is. It's real, like, I don't get along with other women energy. It felt like me. I'm too smart. (laughs) I felt like Edie Falco did have moments where I felt for her, and that was jarring. I don't think that anybody could have named it, but I did feel like I never forgot that it was Edie Falco, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas the other characters, I just see like Clinton and Linda Tripp, and even Mm -hmm. like Edie Feldstein, maybe like a little bit, but I know Sarah Paulson absolutely disappears, right? And it's not just the prosthetics, like she. 
She's got the mannerisms. She's such a good physical performer. Right. Yeah. And I don't feel like Edie Falco really sounds like Hillary the way she talks or anything. And That's true. Just, I'm always aware that it's Edie Falco playing Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton, obviously, I'm, I'm sure she has contempt for Bill. There's this vulnerability about her in this episode that I just don't feel like is genuine. Yeah. Like, okay, after this, this is an arrangement. Like you said, it doesn't seem realistic. Right. Yeah, I really do feel like it's just because the public became aware of it, and so mm-hmm. that's how she had to repaint the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> She's retconning it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it is also super fucked up that all the people in their I guess PR, like Stephanopoulos, is he, what was his role? It was kind of PR-ish. Like but... a communications lead or something? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, he kind of drives that whole, like, Hillary Goodwill tour. Yeah, Hillary's the only one who can bail him out, I guess, like, for, like, the Jennifer Flowers thing. If he doesn't do better than third in New Hampshire, he's done. He's out. But you, you can save him, Hillary. Well, clearly you all talked this through before I arrived. We're not using the word affair. He'll, he'll say, problems in your marriage. Alright, are we gonna prepare for this thing or what? The standby, or the... The best right-wing conspiracy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He has spent four years and $30 million doing everything possible to accuse my husband of a crime. And it isn't just Ken Starr, it's a whole operation. Look at the very people involved in this. They have popped up in other things. This is the great story here for anyone willing to write it. This vast right-wing conspiracy that has been assaulting my husband since the day he announced he was running for president. I think Starr thought he was just messing with me on this. Now he knows better. I don't know how you do it. You were incredible. Well, that'll teach him to fuck with us. He is grateful for that. <laughs> I guess another rap rap is just, just I really miss Monica in this episode. There's not much Monica. There's just I miss a tiny Linda, bit. That's <laughs> I, I, I miss Linda. Oh wow! <laughs> I, she I, love, I love the voice. I just I really have grown to love the voice that she does. <laughs> Monica. <laughs> Monica. 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 <laughs> what else? Any other hot prompts? <laughs> I did think of one other real quick, like, on-the-nose passage where I kind of groaned. They were talking about the dress, and they are like, we're going to air her dirty laundry, or all her dirty laundry. They made some dirty laundry joke. I was like, oh, God. We get it. There's cum on the dress. Yeah. That's what I know. I remember they mentioned that it's a Gap size 12, and it's like, it's really weird that everyone said Monica was fat. Yeah. Gap kind of runs small, and a size 12 isn't. I mean, that's also, Mm -hmm. like, where do I start? Like, it's also fine to be fat, Yeah. it's like, what? Mm -hmm. woman that like the breasts like completely like ripped apart for being fat and she was like a gap size 12 <laughs> yeah right <laughs> next call oh yeah and then the whole meanwhile subplot of the usama bin laden it was usama bin laden and his al-qaeda network you might recall our briefing last year yeah and he was supposed to be just some rich kid talking tough in a cave but now he's crossed the rubicon He's killed American citizens. But we have to hit back. Uh, We're drawing up a list of targets. He owns a factory in Sudan that he may use to make chemical weapons. I won't get rid of this guy. 
couple times there's is it the same person or somebody on the team Sama. says Usama <laughs> like really puts the emphasis on right. and that's all just crazy interesting that was going on at the same time and right yeah how yeah. he didn't get him and it's like oh that's gonna be a right. problem yeah. <laughs> this will come up again <laughs> <laughs> and then having Brett Kavanaugh I guess it's like really on the nose all the Brett Kavanaugh stuff they when, really want us to know it's Brett Kavanaugh yeah <laughs> he says fuck respectful did you or did you not participate in certain intimacies what is with this softball bullshit certain intimacies we gotta ask them the tough questions what do you suggest Kavanaugh if Monica Lewinsky says that you ejaculated into her mouth on two separate occasions, would she be lying? If Monica Lewinsky says that you masturbated into a trash can in your secretary's office, would she be lying? We need to be respectful. Fuck respectful. Hit him between the eyes. We get it, Brad Kavanaugh. <laughs> you are not into consent. <laughs> I also, this isn't hot prop because you're not, not supposed to, but like, ugh, I hate Bill Clinton so much. Like, when he's testifying, yeah, like, the grand jury the scene. total douchebag defense of like, well, I wasn't trying to arouse her, so. By some definitions, the contact between me and Monica could be classed as sexual relations. But at the Paula Jones deposition, her lawyers gave me a detailed description of what they considered to be sexual relations. I read it, I thought about it, and I decided that what happened between me and Monica didn't count. Under their definition, I told the truth. <laughs> Under their definition? It's clever. So you're saying it only applies to you yourself touching certain parts of Ms. Lewinsky's body with intent to arouse her? Exactly. See, when I read it, I thought it was a strange definition, but that was the one that the Paula Jones legal team decided on. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, okay, I do consider that a hot prop. IRL hot prop that Bill Clinton was like, yeah, it doesn't count because I didn't care if she had a good time or not. Oh. I mean, where do you say like, That's your defense. Such, such bullshit. He and his lawyers, like, really thought it was so clever, like... I just hate it so much, you know, that it's like, oh, I found some legal loophole that I decided that someone giving me a blowjob isn't sexual contact. Like, fuck you. That's so offensive. You know, yeah, it's it like is. such an insult. Yeah, I wonder what blowjob the... Blowjob is sexual contact. We don't need a law book. Yeah, I feel like if you that. can't do it in the middle of a library, <laughs> you know, or somewhere... Or with a child. Yes. You know? like, yeah. Let me really, like... So the problem is that they were going... a 12-year-old giving you a BJ, is that not... An, not a thing, not sexual, oh, because yeah. you're not trying to arouse the child. Like, fuck you. Like, this is such a... It's so disgusting. Yeah, and I wonder how, what they, like, wanted the viewer to take away from that. Like, are we supposed to think, like, that's really shrewd, or, like... It's just... But that's just what happened. Yeah, that's just yeah, really what happened. Like, this is what happened. Yeah, it's just... Which is I didn't know crazy. That about you did story before. I do remember the whole the definition. It depends on your, what your definition of is is yeah. thing. I feel oh, like God. that made news at the time. Yeah, there were a lot of jokes about that. Mr. President, even if you didn't have sexual relations by that definition, you still engaged in other sexual activities. So the statement there is no sex of any kind in any manner is a lie. Is it not? Well, that depends upon what the meaning of the word is, is. If is means is and never has been, that is one thing. But if it means there is none, 
at the present moment, then that was a completely true statement. Douchebag. Yeah, and it really is like to their detriment that the Jesus freaks who were defending Paula Jones were like, "This is what sexual contact is. Right? It's penis and vagina, man and woman. That's it. Right? <laughs> Great. Thanks. Thanks, Christians. You fucked guys. it up. <laughs> and then oh, the other thing, like, did he really stare at her all night? Oh, I know. Scene, he sits down in the chair. He's like, I'm gonna go tell her, but she's no, asleep. I don't believe that at all sat in the chair and <laughs> stared at her all night until she woke up in the morning. No way. <laughs> Girlfriend knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is probably the weakest episode so far. And they had to, I mean, there's a, a lot of, like, real stuff that happened and the grand jury scene is important, <laughs> but it's not as fun as the other ones. Right. I did think it was really funny when they're at, uh, what's his name's place? Vernon. Yeah, and it's so uncomfortable. Yeah. And then when they at dinner and he's like trying to compliment her. He's such a dumb thing. Are she having fun at Stanford? You know, Chelsea, she's such a diligent student. Fun is not a priority. Oh, she gets that from her mother. Like oh, as yeah. if that he was like a compliment to uh-huh. her. It was like such an insult and so awkward. I loved that. Oh my god. That's probably my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> I thought it was funny how he kept love like marital strife and yeah. <laughs> yeah. reaching out to others to like help him with right. Hillary. You've known her a long time. You think you could soften her up on the idea for me? You want me? Please. I'd appreciate it. You think you could soften her up? Oh and my then, like, god. Vernon Jordan? You think you could help me with Hillary? No, no. A good word from you will go a long way. Bill, you and I both know I am not the best person for that job. Just talk to your fucking wife. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Yeah, clearly they tell each other everything. They have such a close relationship. <laughs> I appreciate you, Dayton. And I am aware of my husband's reputation. Bill has never lied to me about the things he's done. He tells me everything. That's how we survive. This is not a business proposition at all. I also think it's hilarious that they they sing happy birthday, Mr. President. Like Marilyn Monroe, you know? It's just impossible not to think about, like, fucking the president when someone sings happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> and then that scene is, that's a really good moment for Eve Elko, though. The dinner scene. Where it's on her face the whole time, Bill's telling the anecdote about the gas station boyfriend. You know, after we won in, uh, in 92, Hillary and I did a, like, a kind of victory lap from state to state. You know, and we were driving through her hometown in Park Ridge. And the limo runs out of gas. So, you know, we pull into this little station and uh, this guy notices Hill. He says, hey, Hillary, remember me? We used to date. And uh, as we pull away, you know, I turned to her all proud. And I said, I bet you're glad you married the president and not that guy. You know what she said? Tell him, honey. If I had married that guy, he would be president. (laughs) (laughs) You remember that trip? I remember. I mean, it's 
it's just amazing. Like, I guess I just was, it made me think about once you have contempt for someone, there's no going back from that. <laughs> I don't know what they are, their lives are, but it's just like... I mean, the episode just, definitely seems to be painting a picture that this was the end of their marriage. I really do get that feeling. This yeah. was a real marriage until here. Yeah, I don't think so, though. Yeah. I think that they do have, like, an admiration for each other. Yeah. That story is, like, so arrogant. Oh, if we were dating, he'd be president. It's like, no, I don't think so, you know? I don't, right. I don't think Hillary helped Bill Clinton's... Bill Clinton was a great politician. Even though I love Curtis Sittenfeld, like, that book obviously fits. It's like, what if they had not gotten married, you know? And uh-huh. it, it, I think it's called Rodham. And that is a bad book. Okay. I love Curtis Sittenfeld, but that is not a good book. And it's like, they only just date in college and then he marries someone else and he doesn't become president. It's like mm. such a fan letter to Hillary, but it's like, <laughs> no. That isn't, no. If anything, she hurt his political career more than helped it. For the time, he was like very good at politics. And it's like, he didn't become president because of Hillary. No. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they like to tell themselves that, or she likes to tell herself that, but no. I know. And Girlfriend, it, no way. Yeah. <laughs> and then Anatole makes it seem like he agrees. I, I don't know if that really happened or not. I don't think he really agrees. I mean, I think it's, you know, it's he's very narrative. much in the doghouse in that episode. Yeah. But like, no, I think he's so arrogant. I mean, they're both so arrogant. Yeah. He's so arrogant. There's no way that he thinks that he's only who he is because of Hillary. No way. <laughs> yeah, it's a good PR thing to say. And yeah, it's I like feel- a thing I couldn't have done it without this lady right here. You right. Know I mean? Totally. <laughs> we get to see Chelsea for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do love the withering look she gives her dad <laughs> and how she just totally disappears as soon as they get to the vineyard. Right. They're like, we're at our vacation hey. home. And she's like, bye. <laughs> and you never see her again. <laughs> Yeah, this episode, I definitely remembered a lot. Like, the news footage of the three of them holding hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're so far apart. I remember that green suit that Monica wore walking to go make the immunity deal. Oh, yeah. Like, when she goes back to California and hugs her dad and her stepmom. Oh, yeah. Like, the hug for the camera, basically. I remember seeing all that stuff on the news. Yeah. And she apparently really did have to go out in a blonde wig and sunglasses. That really happened. Like, how are paparazzi so easily fooled like that? I don't know. That is very surprising. <laughs> I don't know if they would be now. I love the end of the episode. He expected Hillary to go back with him, but he's going back to D.C. by himself. Yeah. She's staying in the house. And then they play Stand By Your Man, which I, I thought was really a nice touch. I just noticed it in the last time I watched this, but like she goes over to the empty coffee cup that he left and she's like gonna put it away, but then she like puts it back or something. Like I thought that was like, hmm. it's just something that I noticed, like subtle, like I'm not gonna clean up after him anymore. Okay. Like, oh yeah, like she really cleaned up it all in that house. Right, exactly. <laughs> There's people to take their luggage as soon as they get to the Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. <laughs> Don't act like she's doing dishes. That's not happening. (laughs) I think there was another really on the nose. I guess we can go to meaningful passages. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Mopey Dick, if you know what I mean. Well, I thought it was very meaningful about you've made me look stupid and I hate you for that. Yeah. Like, I feel like that is an honest emotion from Hillary, like, about her being angry. Like, that probably is the thing she felt the most about that. You've made me look stupid and I, I hate you for that. Yeah, that does say a lot. Like, it's not like, you hurt me. (laughs) Yeah. It's how you made me look. Yeah. 
town. And you better tell Chelsea before she finds out on CNN. And you better tell Chelsea before she finds out on CNN. <laughs> she must have found out so much. I mean. Right. I bet he tells me everything. That's how we survive. Mm. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'm going to spend time with the two people I love most, my wife and my daughter. And then he throws in, and our God. Now this matter is between the two people I love most, my wife and our daughter and our God. I must put it right. <laughs> it's so insincere. I love how, like, the insincere presidential yeah, religion thing. I know. Yeah. Remember how Obama, like, started to go to church again just because he got so much pressure? They're like, you don't believe in God. You're a secret atheist. And he's like, fine, I'll go to fucking church. God, for- God forbid we have an atheist in the White House. An open atheist. <laughs> I thought we were supposed to have separation of church and state, but then it says God on our money, so... I guess that's our fucking country was founded on <laughs> hypocrisy. So right. it makes sense. But they only even started doing that. I mean, the money didn't always say in God we trust. I forget why they added it at some point. There was something right. going on societally that... <laughs> so, was it like during McCarthyism or something? Maybe. Or? There was some reasoning. I don't remember what happened. Yeah. Oh. It's such a dopey country. It really is. Yeah. We're so fucking stupid here. <laughs> if that's not enough for you people, then heck, don't vote for them. You know, if that's not enough for people, then heck, don't vote for them. I hate when politicians say, don't vote for me. It's like... That's all you want us to do? Yeah. Oh, which okay, great. It's like when people say like and Hillary doesn't owe you anything. It's like, well no, actually politicians owe us. They are public servants. Yeah, there's an institution for us. Don't vote for me if you're too stupid to vote for me. Yeah, I mean, she definitely is an elitist, a big time. Mm-hmm. They didn't put it in there, but Tammy Wynette's thing about she wants an apology was basically like, I don't like that you talked it down to me, I'm just as smart as you. Yeah. Which is like, yeah. Yeah. Just because she has that song doesn't mean she's an idiot, just because she doesn't have your fucking rich person education. When Ken Starr finds out Monica's fired Ginsburg, has oh, yes. a lawyer, he has the creepiest grin <laughs> on his face, and he's like, let's make a deal. So oh, it was just God. so creepy. Yeah, I did like that, though. <laughs> I mean, for personal reasons, I like that it showed how important it is to have a good lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was so shitty how they take Monica to basically Ken Starr's like it's like a family house or something to like yeah they say it's his like grandma's house or it's not exactly a neutral location you know like that's terrible situation they're so disgusting to her Like, actually, that reminds me of an exchange where they assure her after she switches lawyers and agrees to cooperate, this will be quick and painless. And she says that's not really how these people operate. It's like, she already understands their procedures very well, and it's not quick and painless. It's always as painful as possible. I felt like this episode, her look kind of changed. Like, she was dressed in all black and, like... I don't know. It's like, a depression word. Yeah, it definitely see like she's not the same person she was in the previous episodes. And yeah. They flash like the timeline of like four months later and then you see her crocheting and stuff and then it's like, wow. Look at you, you're getting so good. Thanks. It's not what I thought I'd be doing day and night at 24. I have to remind myself that it's not permanent and in 10 years I'll be in a whole new life dealing with my kids and my husband and my job and... I just have to hold on to that. Nothing's forever. Four months of sitting around your dad's house. Yeah. 
I mean, it goes by fast in the show, but like, wow, that must have been a lot of. Yeah. She was in quarantine. She couldn't really go out. Yeah. I'm in LA, but I can't fucking go anywhere and I can't enjoy my life in any way and just waiting for her fate to be decided. And she can't talk to a lot of people because they might be subpoenaed and. Yeah, and it was still very much in the news, so it's not like she could even really just watch TV or... Yeah, yeah. It was like she couldn't avoid it, but she had to stay in one place. It seems like absolute hell. And then and there's another line from her about, like, in 10 years I'll have a family and I'll forget about this. And other people saying, like, it's going to be okay, everything's going to be fine. And she does say, people will not stop saying that to me. <laughs> and it's true, they won't. They won't stop saying it, and it's absolutely not true. It's just right. some shit they're saying to Trying to make her feel better in the moment, and it's not okay. <sighs> Poor Monica. God. Any other meaningful passages? I guess just when Bill said, I decided it didn't count. <gasps> yes. <laughs> oh, God. I hate you so much. I decided. It's fun, yeah, to be, like, in a legal matter with someone, and they just decide to interpret things the way they want to. It's, like, <laughs> pretty charming. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah. What a scamp. <laughs> I do love that Hillary's wearing culottes on the beach at the end, too. <laughs> That's oh, really great. The other line that she said something to the effect of, if I leave, I'm leaving the president. If I stay, like, either way, I lose. Yeah. Don't leave me. But do you really think I can leave you? Are you really that naive? I can't leave you. I don't have a choice. If I leave, I'm the woman who left President Clinton. If I stay, I'm the woman who stayed. I lose either way. No. <laughs> <laughs> what else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. We do get a lot of time with Bill. This is probably the most we've seen Bill yeah. in any episode. But yeah, Clive Owen is really lost in there. Yeah. I would never have known that was Clive Owen. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot of prosthetics and all that. But he gets the voice just right, yeah, and does. the arrogance in his eyes, even. <laughs> like, he's got yeah. the performance down to his eyes, which is always yeah. so impressive when someone yeah. can embody another person in every way. It's impressive how calm he is, and, like, he even shakes Ken Starr's hand, and he's like, take care, Ken. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, I don't know if it's impressive, but it's... I mean, I, I just think it's, he's just so arrogant, you know? Yeah. And he's just like, nothing's gonna touch me. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't admit the truth until everyone's like, I already know the truth. And then right. he's like, all right, you got me. <laughs> but up until then, like, it's he's absolutely has to be called out before he will stop lying and even then he's like grasping at every little fucking straw he can and seems cool as a cucumber while he's doing it like he really was born to be a politician (laughs) the way that we have you know the way that politics are in this country as this just awful theater that ruins our lives yeah i i like the part where he's like i haven't had it easy or something like that she's like spare me the story of your alcoholic father and yeah his backstory yeah but i i still remember that his i'm just a scrappy kid from arkansas and you know that is absolutely the narrative of that generation of men especially Uh that's like the whole the whole lot of them the white ones at least Is exactly that. Like, I grew up poor, and that gave me the right to be a rich asshole who doesn't care about anybody. Right, right. I got, I got where I am by working hard, so people who aren't where I am didn't work hard. And, like, that's also why I deserve to treat people like shit. Right. Like, it's, I don't know why they get that extra leap in there. Um, 
So the law doesn't apply to me. I'm untouchable. Right. I can do whatever I want now. I feel like it's a very baby boomer generation. Yep. <laughs> it sure is. Worst generation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomers. Lula <laughs> 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 started calling my husband a boomer every once in a while. Like I didn't even. Totally incorrectly, though, for my husband, like, not a boomer. Yes, but he's not boomer. It's basically, like, if he doesn't know something about, like, <laughs> that she's talking about on YouTube, like, she's, she's like, okay, boomer, and he's like, what? No! Oh, <laughs> it's okay that I don't know about this thing for teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Then if he does that, it's like, okay, creeper. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what's called a lunchtime poll. So this is inspired by Monica's sort of compulsory trip to visit her dad while her mom is deposed. Yeah, I thought it was inspired by the trip to Martha's Vineyard. Oh, that's true. It could be by both. Actually, the motif in this episode is taking trips you don't want to take. So yeah, talk about a trip that you didn't want to take. Well, I can go first. So when I was in high school and it was like, my parents were like newly divorced. They, they were, you know, wanting me to like take a look at colleges and things. And um, I didn't really know where I wanted to go or anything. I, I don't know. I was just kind of like trying to figure that out. And my dad really wanted to take me to the University of Texas because he he wanted me to go to, uh, to like a school that was good in computer science and engineering. And, and I had no, I had no interest in any of that. Um, but uh, he was like determined to take me to Austin to go see the campus, and um, and I didn't have a lot of communication with him beforehand because I didn't live with him, and like my mom didn't really have much conversation about like what this trip is or what I should bring or whatever. I just like kind of packed a bag for the weekend, and so we we went there, and it was like during South by Southwest. Oh no. So, yeah. <laughs> So it wasn't crazy as it is now, but the university is not open mm-hmm. that week. Everything shut down for that at the school. And my dad didn't... didn't research anything. He didn't do anything to research. Yeah. He was just like, we're going to just go there and do this. So he like took me to the campus and was kind of walking around. And then he's like... It was so mortifying. He oh, he like found this international student walking across the mall area, and he's like, "Hey, hey, can you show my daughter around?" And he's, oh, no. And he's like, "I'll give you forty bucks oh. to walk her around and show her Great. the college." And yikes! And like the student was like, kind of like I felt like under duress almost spent like an hour walking me around and showing me these different buildings which I got nothing out of anyways and I was just fucking mortified by the whole thing and I was just this is what traveling with my father is like so anyways the cool thing about that was the hotel had like really good cookies and that was really good and then the one thing that I thought was cool from that trip was that everybody was talking about in the hotel how the basis for the talking heads was staying there. Oh, cool. And it was a woman, and I was like... I was like, it just really stuck with me, like, wow, that's a, that's a big band, and I had never really heard of a... Yeah. It's a woman yeah. basis. But anyways, that's my story. Nice. <laughs> that's it. 
Pavlo. That's horrible. Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. I wonder where that guy. student is now. <laughs> I can tell my <laughs> So this is a trip within a trip. Okay. So, typically every not for the last couple of years because of pandemic, but um, typically every summer I would take my kids back east for a couple of weeks and go to New Jersey and the Jersey Shore and go to New York. And when I was married, my at the time husband would come for like about a week of it. Like I would schedule for me and my kids for two weeks and he would come for about a week like in the middle or like halfway through and fly back with us whatever and you know we go to Jersey and New York because that's where I'm from and where my family is but he also he grew up in Connecticut so he has friends and family in that general area so historically like every year we would go and uh, like we would be like the last day of the trip and he would be like could we see like any of my friends, my family, any, you know, do you think we could ever do that when we're here? And it's like, well, I mean, what an interesting time to bring it up. I mean, yeah, one time he right. brought it up, we were literally on the plane flying back to Seattle. And it's like, well, and he's like, I mean, we always see, we always see your family. You always see your friends. And it's like, I, don't, I actually don't have any friends in Jersey that I ever contact or see when I'm there. I see my mom and I see my dad. But, you know, we see those people mm-hmm. because I plan it. And mm-hmm. so anyway... So this was like every year, like at the end of the trip, he would make sure I knew that he was disappointed because we didn't see, you know, someone that he went to high school with or whatever. So then like one year, you know, after that, was okay, next year. And I said this like in August and we go in July, you know, who do you want to see? Make those plans, plan it ahead of time. Don't yeah. let the week get away from you, right? So we, he made plans that, you know, one day we would all go to Connecticut to see his friend who he went to high school with and is now a cop in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> and I have met him many times over the years. Like, he's nice, but also, like, so obnoxious, right? <laughs> but whatever, you know. So I'm there with my kids. I'm in New Jersey with my kids at my mom's house. And he's you know, coming the next day. And I was like, I was so anxious. I just remember thinking, cause I don't really drink and I don't do drugs or anything. I'm like, why am I like raw dog in this reality? You know, like <laughs> I need something to take the edge off. I was so anxious just about my husband coming at all. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we were going to have to go to Connecticut and spend the whole day with yeah. his friend. So I don't remember like that much about how it went. I do remember the drive being very annoying, partly because just like the directions. And we did a GPS and it was just like giving you weird directions, like take a detour <laughs> through the city or something. Oh, God. Like, what? <laughs> but we got there like, and it was fine. And like his friend used to be like the real wild womanizer guy, but he's like married. He has three daughters, but she makes such a point of like, but, oh. But, Daughters. God, God got even with me. It's like, shut up, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it was nice enough. It was fine. Like, he took us out to eat. We got lobster rolls, which I love to do, you know. And we went out for ice cream. Like, it was a totally pleasant day. It was not nearly as bad as I was expecting. It's just, you know, this is someone I would never interact with in any way. Mm-hmm. for a real reason you know what I mean right you know it ended up like it was fine like the kids had an enjoyable time it was perfectly fine and I think we went from there and like spent another day in New York with my dad or there was one more back and forth between Jersey and New York or something and then like the last day we were there we were driving back again I, I don't know we were in New York and I did all the driving always and I remember we're leaving New York to go back to New Jersey and we had one more day left in New Jersey and then we're flying home and we're sitting in traffic trying to get into the Holland Tunnel and he's like we didn't see Mr. Black <laughs> like 
like who is just some random friend that he has not contacted at all in like the 20 years I've known him but who lives in New York so do you think if he's around like tomorrow we could come back to the city and see my friend Mr. Black I haven't seen in 20 years since we're right here and he lives here I'm like, no, like, I'm not driving back to, like, no. I mean, it just, yeah. like, drains me completely. Like, I made, I, I felt like I spent a year, like, making sure that we were preventing this from happening, this you have somehow let me down. And I just, I was like, mm -hmm. if you want to go back to the city tomorrow and see your friend, you can do that. But I am not doing that. I'm not taking the kids back to the city. I'm not driving back. You know, you can do whatever you want. It's like, okay, so you won't go. <laughs> wow, it's almost like there was nothing you could do to it's make him like, not mad at you. It's almost like he wants people to feel like they have disappointed him. Yeah. He wants that feeling more than he wants to feel satisfied. Or it's almost like that's what's satisfying to him in the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. <laughs> It'll be easy. I'm going to leave most of it in, except right. that one yeah. guy gets to be anonymous. My trip was, we go camping every year for Memorial Day, but there was one year when Chris's grandfather died. He was 99 years old, Whoa. so we kind of knew it was going to happen, and... He died actually a month earlier. I think it was a month earlier. But so really fun thing. His family, who all lives in Indiana, <laughs> decided to hold the funeral over Memorial Day weekend <sighs> so that everyone could make it. What? No, <laughs> Guess no what? Can make it. <laughs> it's super hard to buy plane tickets yeah. for Memorial Day weekend a month in advance. <laughs> So this was like the most money I've ever paid for a trip that I didn't really want to go on at all. It was thousands of dollars to go. Oh, and we had to fly to, we couldn't even fly direct. Like the closest airport is Chicago O'Hare, but we couldn't get there at all. We had to go to Louisville and then drive. Not go on our camping trip. Aww, boo. I was pregnant. With Lula? Frankie. Frankie, okay. Gave birth in August, so yeah, this is nice. So I was like pregnant. fairly pregnant at this time. <laughs> I was like, this this sucks, and it's so expensive, <laughs> and they really could have had that funeral any other time, mm -hmm. but it wasn't up to us, so we went and did that. Louisville turned out to be a surprisingly cool town. There's a lot of hipsters there. There's like a pocket of hipsters and lots of bourbon, <laughs> but I couldn't drink any of it because That's I was great. pregnant. We, we, we ate at this restaurant that either was called 50 bourbons, or they had, like, there was definitely a big thing about it where they had 50 bourbons. And I was like, I guess we'll have to come back here another time so I can try some or any of them. And then we drove to the the funeral and, you know, it was in a church, which isn't my favorite thing either. <laughs> you know, it was, it was good to be able to celebrate this guy, but I just wish it hadn't been Memorial Day weekend. All right. <laughs> How very. Okay. We got two more of these babies two left. Oh, wow. Are they, how are they, Christina? You've seen them. The grand jury one is really good with her testimony. Um, well, since she's cooperating, she has to listen to all the tapes again and, like, answer some really invasive questions. So that's, like, really rough to watch, but it's wrapping up. It's almost, <laughs> almost to the penultimate <laughs> episode. The, yeah. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid in Puke, please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid in Puke is hosted by Annie Malone, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, on Instagram 
at Paid in Puke Seattle and on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.